0: Hello and welcome to the Beautifully Nasty Podcast. I'm your host Bianca and happy March everyone. New month, fresh start uh, and a whole new topic to talk about. Uh, This month's topic is how to love yourself in relationships because we all we all are in relationships with someone whether it's a friend, whether it's a partner, whether with it's with a family member, and I, I felt like this could be really useful for a lot of people right now um, because it's an ongoing process that happens throughout our entire life. So I'm so excited for this topic this month, and um, today for the first episode, I thought, you know, how should we start this off? And I thought, what better way to start the first episode off with talking about, relationship we have with ourselves. (laughs) And it feels like, oh, of course, of course. But I really do feel like it's good to start with this before we go into actual relationships with other people, because the relationship we have with ourselves is the most important. It should be our priority. And because once we get comfortable and 100% with ourselves and who we are and loving ourselves to the fullest, that's when we become in alignment with the partners and people in our life that are supposed to be there. Um, So I thought it's kind of like a little building block into the whole month and the topic. Um, And I'm really excited um, to share this episode with y'all because I think that me and the special guest touch upon a lot of different aspects of what it's like to be alone, and just how to start that process of really loving yourself and liking the relationship you have with yourself. So um, I'm I'm so excited right now, and um, I actually found a quote on Instagram that I wanted to read before we go into the episode that I thought was really important, and it spoke to me, and it's addressed to people who are single, but I think that it can apply to both people who are single and in relationships with people because it really is all about taking care of yourself. So here it goes. You will only enjoy being single when you realize there's no one to be sought out. The greatest love of all is the love you foster within yourself. Once you discover that, you come closer to peace and then you become peace. It is the state of peaceful acceptance and realization that our elevated frequency invites other souls vibrating in the energy of peace and acceptance. This is the space where magic happens. This is the space where soul alchemy occurs. Acceptance allows you the opportunity to connect authentically. It teaches us to love what is. Peace in the mind and heart creates space for our spirits to grow authentically. This energy propels us into space, into new timelines, and into real love. In the space of peace, we can connect with someone who really matches our rhythm. In this awareness, it becomes clear that being in the right kind of relationship doesn't actually detract from life. It adds value. It adds beauty. So I just love that quote. I felt like it was so perfect for what we'll be talking about and going into in this episode. And I just, once again, I want to remind people, you know, prioritize yourself, uh, whether you're single or even in a relationship, when things don't feel right or something feels off, listen to your gut and your intuition and um, really just focus on finding your inner peace because I think once you do that, everything will fall into place. The right people will enter your life and be attracted to your life and the people that aren't meant to be in your life will, will, will leave. And um, yeah. So just a little, just a little inspiration for this nice sunny Wednesday. Um, and so without further ado, I'm I'm gonna introduce you to our first guest of the month. Her name is Cheyenne Daly. She's um a friend of mine. She is an amazing, inspirational person. She's a she's a licensed social worker and a writer. So she's just here to talk about talk about that process of the relationship that we have with ourselves and she does such a beautiful job with it and i think you guys are all going to love her so enjoy and welcome cheyenne daily hi everyone welcome back today i have a lovely guest she's one of my friends and i'm so happy to have her on the show for the first episode of the month of march where we're talking about Loving yourself in relationships. So this is Cheyenne Daly.
1: Welcome. Hi everyone. Thank I'm, you so much for having me. Yeah,
0: no, I'm so happy that you're here. I just, I feel like all the people that I've gotten to be on the the show have just been like such just real, honest, like easy people to talk to. And that's just when I first met you, because I met you a few months ago. Yeah, through our friend CJ. Yeah,
1: through
0: CJ. Hi CJ. Hi CJ. (laughs) And I met you and that was the first thing I noticed about you. I was like, oh my God, this beautiful human is like (laughs) so easy. Like she is so easy to be around, so Mm. easy to talk to just about anything and just feel comfortable. So the first thing that I noticed, I guess when I met you was just your self-love
1: in general. (laughs) so much that is such a
0: wonderful compliment i am so honored thank you and so that's why i was like and for anyone i first i want you to talk about a little bit about yourself and what you do and then we can get into the self-love talk and everything
1: okay So hi everyone. Yes, again, my name is Cheyenne Daly. I am a licensed social worker. I'm currently I work in a men's shelter that provides mental health counseling. I am also a writer. I have published two books. Everyone go get Uh, your copies. I just wanted mine.
0: I'm so excited.
1: Yes, we will talk a lot more about that a little bit later. And I also like to use my social media platform just to promote self-care. I'm all about vibrating at a high frequency and loving yourself and just being positive in everything that you do. Oh, yeah, that's me yes. I'm also an aspiring model you got all as got you it, should be <laughs> as you should
0: be so you have a lot to you're a very well-rounded person <laughs> like Thank
1: you. Thank you, you. you just
0: got your master's in social yes. work you're yes. helping people who are in need and yes. you're also exu- you're just helping everyone to you're giving off all of that energy of loving yourself and feeling good so you're actually perfect for this podcast
1: actually. <laughs> Thank you
0: so much. So, I'm so excited. Yeah. So I guess for you when did you wh- when did your self-love journey start in general?
1: Do you feel like right, I think that's a really great question. Actually, my self-love journey actually just started. I guess I'm pretty late in the game guys, but self-love is so complicated. And it's mm-hmm. definitely a beautifully nasty process. And I realized that throughout my life, there has just been so much that has happened to me and prevented me from loving myself. And mm-hmm. I think I'm just now getting to realize how important self-love is and how important it is to have a relationship with myself and make sure that I'm nurtured that I'm taking care of and that I love on me.
0: Exactly. And it's crazy, Like two things with that. I love that you said your relationship with yourself, because the whole reason why I brought you on this podcast for the month of loving yourself in a relationship is because I wanted you to talk about that because to me, and I think from an outside perspective, you look like someone who like loves themselves and you talk about in your writing about relationships that have prevented you from loving yourself. And I think a lot of people, like you said, the self-love journey starts later in life after you've gone through a lot of shit and stuff because people don't prioritize the relationship that you should be having with yourself. Like that, yeah. if that's even a relationship that is a thing in general. And I don't know if yeah. you felt that way when you like started to realize all of this.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point that you just made. I think a lot of people don't realize that the relationship that you have with yourself is the most important. It's the foundation that is going to establish how people treat you, how you want to be treated, and what you allow to happen to you in your life. So I think that is a great point that you just made. I definitely did not realize it until, like I said, recently. It has been extremely hard for me. And and I thank you so much for saying that I look like a person that loves himself so much. You thank- do! Thank you, thank you. It is definitely not easy. I've noticed that I've struggled from childhood, actually. Just being a Black woman and not having enough representation was something that I think unconsciously always made me feel a little bit insecure. And growing up with that, I like always felt like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't capable of doing certain things that other people could.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think that's where the struggle started and then as i grew older adding in romantic relationships made it even more complicated and wanting to be a certain way to attract a certain type of partner became very problematic for me because i think i would try to change who i was and like not be the authentic me oh my god i feel like
0: i relate to a lot both of those things i remember when i was younger for me I was like, I was hairy. That's just like, I'm Middle Eastern, I'm Italian. And I would be so self-conscious around other people, especially when I was like going through puberty and I was in that awkward stage and it would be pointed out to me. And I'd be like, oh my, I remember I would sob and, I, and then I would look on TV and in commercials and people that I'd be looking up to and they were all these like white blonde blue-eyed really skinny females and like I started developing sooner and I would just look at them and I'd be like oh my god I I hate the way that I look like I I remember oh. you know like I just have like bigger features and like I was so self-conscious about all of those things because what you said like you and so i can only imagine as a black female you didn't see yourself being represented i i i felt in ways too like i wanted to change myself in ways mm-hmm. because i was like i look like i have things that people don't it's not promoted it's not like it's pointed out in a negative way so i remember that affecting me and like my self love and feeling like i needed to change myself in ways at times and then when it started going into relationships That was just like, oh my gosh, if I couldn't even be comfortable with how I looked and I didn't feel like I could relate to other people or I didn't see myself being represented in ways like when I got into relationships, it was like, oh my gosh, it just wasn't a good starter for future relationships when I wasn't even comfortable with myself.
1: So I yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think to your point, like, with body image and not being represented and all of these different influences that we see through the media, it's really hard to know who you are, especially at a young age. You're just, just trying to figure it out. And I think a lot of adults, like I said earlier, start late in the process of self-love. Our parents probably wasn't able to teach that to us. And what what does that look like to love yourself at a young age and to be hairy and to be okay with it and like right. to accept that? right? What does that look like? How do we take care of ourselves? So I think these were questions that like I had to really start to ask myself. And especially when it came to romantic relationships, how I wanted to be treated. Was it okay that this person did something that made me sad? And was it okay for me to allow them to continue to do that? What did that mean? Does that mean that I don't love myself? Right. I also remember growing up, The question of loving yourself would come up a lot. It's, oh, if you were dating a guy that, you know, probably wasn't the nicest to you or cheated on you or did, you know, something that was seen as not appropriate, people would say, oh, if you allow him to do that, then you must not love yourself. And it's just, I would say, but do I love myself? No, of course I love myself. But I think that immediate answer of yes is just like, of course, what you want to say But it's like doing the inner work and really digging and saying, what does it mean to love myself? And how do I know that I'm loving myself? And how do I make sure that other people know that I love myself? Exactly.
0: Yes. To all of that. I feel similar to you as I started this process later and it's, and I feel like I'm still in the process. And it's one of the reasons why I started the podcast is because I'm so fascinated by everyone's journeys and like how different they are but also super similar and you can relate to other people and learn and and for me it was also like later in life like I was like I didn't even I would just say like you did yeah I I love myself and you're thinking that you do yeah I felt good yesterday like I felt like I looked good yesterday or I felt like I accomplished something so I feel good but it's it's so beyond that it's so much healing and inner work that you need to do and it really needs to become like a lifestyle and I don't feel like I even realized that till less than a year ago it feels and for me the pandemic was what made me realize that and it's again it's shitty that it had to be because of something like so something that has affected the entire world and in a negative way but it really wasn't until I had that time and space to be like oh Shit, there are a lot of things that I need to work on because I just don't feel good. I don't like these things about my life or myself. So I feel you on that, that it's been a recent discovery, but like I'm so appreciative that I've finally started the process. Yeah. That's how I feel. But yeah, f- so for a relate, as far as relationships in general, dating was, did you feel like you noticed the difference? What or? from when you got out of a relationship and you started the process of loving yourself to when you were in a relationship and you noticed like the toxic things that you would just push to the side because you were like, like, that's, I'm going to see the best in someone rather than actually confronting or dealing with stuff.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to give a little bit of context. So when I was younger, I think when I got into a relationship, I noticed that I tended to use sex as a way to get love from mm. my partner and that became a huge problem for me because I would start to form these trauma bonds where like the person that was causing me harm I would just have sympathy for and like still want to be around them and then the, the cycle would just continue so that was something that I had to snap out of and I had to unlearn my body doesn't have to be given to another person in order for me to feel appreciated there's so many other ways that I can love on myself that another person can show me that they care about me without me having to feel like I have to diminish my character in any way so in learning that and then getting into a relationship I thought that I was doing pretty well But in hindsight, I had a lot of more healing and a lot of more loving on myself to do. While being in a relationship, I realized that I put my partner first
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: that was like my biggest mistake because I thought that I loved myself so much, but I guess I didn't really value myself as much because I was so worried about this other person. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to do everything to make my partner happy and taking my partner to get facials and, like, booking trips and, like, doing all these extravagant things that, like, I wanted to do. But then looking back, I realized that a lot of the times I was, like, sacrificing my own happiness.
0: Yes, yes. Oh, my, that, I'm so happy you touched on that, that difference of, like, when you love yourself, when you feel like you love yourself. And so, then it's almost like I, I relate because I was the same way I like to do things for my partners that I was with and take care of them because I thought that I myself were good and or in relation to the person who clearly is more fucked up in a way than me yeah. <laughs> the, the one who needs help so I'm like right. oh, I can serve you and I can do these things because I'm the stronger one clearly and I got myself but like in actuality, it's I was not valuing myself. Like, I, that's what I noticed that you said you weren't valuing yourself. Even though you did feel like you did love yourself in certain ways and you were good and you could be good for another person. It's just the fact that valuing that, okay, I don't need to bend over backwards and save another human mm. when it's, I have needs and wants too that can should be addressed, I think. Right. Like, it should we should be in situations where we feel safe. And we also get taken care of too, because it's a back and forth, I feel
1: like in a relationship. I think that's what I learned the most is that I didn't have to bend over backwards and be this caretaker. Like this person is an adult. And this person has their own life and responsibilities. And they can take care of themselves. So that that was so life changing for me, because then I realized that, wow, like, All this love that I was like trying to give to this other person needs to be given to myself. I need to make sure that I have a secure enough relationship with myself so that I don't need to feel like I have to take care of someone else. Totally. And because then I'm abandoning me.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so you feel like you just realized that I feel like I learned that just recently and you feel the same way, like that it's something that took a while to learn. It took like life experiences to learn that.
1: Yeah, definitely takes life experience. And this relationship that I'm referring to has actually ended. After the breakup is when I did a lot of my inner work and a lot of healing. And I realized so many things. Like I realized that my partner was essentially my happiness. And when that was gone, I was left to figure out who I was. And it was so devastating because I was just like, What's gonna make what's gonna make me happy now? The person was my life? What do I do now? How do I pick up the pieces? And it started with a lot of inner work, me talking to myself, me honestly building a relationship with myself, like waking up every day and affirming my thoughts, affirming who I was, telling myself that I am beautiful, looking in the mirror and saying, girl, you got this writing in my journal, meditating. I realized that I really love music and I listen to music all the time and dance. I'm being supported by great friends and great family members and just like getting to the root of who I am. I listened to a lot of sermons and I started to touch on a religious part of myself. Mm -hmm. Just get deeper with my spirit. And I, I realized that there had been tremendous change And like how I allow people to treat me, the type of energy that I allow into my space, the things that I even watch, the things that I consume, like it's all just so different. And I'm just like, wow, like I I don't need anyone. This is so cool.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. That is so beautiful to hear. Seriously, like, thank you. it's so nice. I I don't know, maybe I'm getting emotional because I feel (laughs) like I so relate to that feeling of just I don't know. It's just being a- awakened to the fact that life can be so much better when you finally put yourself first and you like stop allowing these toxic relationships to take over that like life really becomes like actually beautiful and enjoy yeah. it and you can enjoy it. And it's so funny because when I met you, you were going through that breakup and yeah. I had just gone through a breakup. So we were like bonding over, like just being like, oh my God, isn't this crazy? I totally understand where you're coming from. You got to do this and you're so much better. And And it's always great to talk to another human who's been through a similar situation. So you realize, okay, it brings you back to knowing I'm not, this isn't just, this isn't about me. It's like mm-hmm. a person who's clearly hurting, has issues, and they're taking it out on me. It's actually not really even personal. And I'm not the only one. Like so many, I don't even know if females, I think people in general, it, it's, yeah, it's, it includes both genders, go through relationships where they're just with a person that needs to heal themselves and needs to help themselves and like as bad as you want to help them and be their person and, and experience life together and probably heal together it's just not it's it ends up I think people realize that that's not possible people need to heal on their own and go through their shit on their own but I just I think remember- that it's- I remember us talking about this when we first met. Yeah, I think
1: that is such an amazing point because I think I definitely was like trying to do the work for my partner. And like in hindsight, I realized, no, like you said, there is so much more, there is so much work to be done. Mm -hmm. And that individual has to take ownership of that. You cannot try to help someone heal or figure out what they need to do because if they don't want to do it, then it won't get done. And I do remember that when we met, We definitely did bond over having that experience of going through a breakup. And I think it's so important to find a community or to find, you know, people that you can talk to who have gone through what you've gone through Mm -hmm. and are on this journey of loving yourself because it just makes it so much better. I remember feeling super duper isolated and just hearing your stories and being able to bounce ideas off of each other and support each other, just even if it was for a moment, really made me feel so good. And thinking back, I think at that time, I carried a lot of shame and a lot of anger and a lot of resentment. And that was one of the hardest things for me because I just felt so much shame. I was so embarrassed that this thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like, how could I be such an amazing person and someone not appreciate that? What did that mean? Did that mean that I wasn't a good person? Yes. And that's where I really started to, 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 to question myself. What does loving me look like? Do do I, do I value this person so much that if they tell me that I'm not good enough, then I'm not good enough? Or just because my partner left or my partner deceived me or whatever the case may be, does that mean that I'm not good enough just because of their actions? No. That's not true at all. Right.
0: That, that was the hardest thing for me when I was getting out of that relationship. And I noticed like in previous relationships, not even the last one, it was like the fact that it's like, how can you do this to me when I am, I do know how amazing I am. I do so much for you. I have given so much of myself to you and you can still treat me like shit after all of that. That was the hardest thing for me to get over and process and really deal with. I don't know, I guess what I'm asking right now is how did you get over that? How did you get over that feeling? Because it is, it, it's hard to not take it personally.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I think I'm actually still in the process of getting mm-hmm. over that. I'm six months single, so woo-hoo, woo-hoo! I'm out of a bad, bad situation, so Thank that's God. great. But definitely there's so much work to be done. I think listening to affirmations helped me a lot. Because it just made me realize that, like, that's this person. Like, mm-hmm. I am great. I was great before I met this person. I'm going to be great after I meet this person. And just focusing on me. Also, writing helped me a lot. I would journal when I was sad, when I was happy. De- healing from a shattered relationship is so complicated because you have these moments when you, you're going to miss the person. You still may love them, but then you're also still healing. So dealing with those nuances was really hard and really confusing because I was like, can I love that person and still love me, even though they like did something so horrible? Like, does that mean that I don't love myself? But then I just learned that I have to give myself grace. I have to let myself go through the motions and I can't be so hard on myself. Healing is so layered and my feelings are real. And I have to be able to give myself compassion Mm -hmm. and let myself feel through it and know that I'm a human at the end of the day and know that it will be okay. Exactly. It will be okay. And
0: I think that the point that you said about being okay with, because for me, I felt like I would get really angry with myself when I would start thinking about the other person that had hurt me so badly and I would say, miss them or feel like or be thinking like, I wonder if they're okay. And then I'm like, why am I thinking that? That's not okay. I I don't know if you like, is that okay? I, I don't, I still don't know. Is that okay when you do go there? Or is it just like, why do people after being in traumatic situations, why do they still in a way find any sort of love for the person that's a use them and I don't know if you I'm asking you because I know with social work I'm sure things like that come up and you've learned about it but I, I just I never understood that and I find that I get myself I get mad at myself when I do go to that place
1: yeah I think that you like have love for someone so I think that no matter how harmful the person may have been to you I think that there's always going to be a place of I care about this person I think that's a natural human emotion, despite how bad someone have hurt, has hurt you. I think from there, it's like what you do with that feeling. Whether or not you allow that person to continue to hurt you, then there's a little bit of work that needs to be done. But I think that it's okay to love someone from a distance and also still heal and still love yourself and know that, you know, what this person did wasn't what you deserved and mm-hmm. doesn't align with your values. And you can still love them from afar, but I will also say that's also something that I'm working on right now mm-hmm. because I still, you know, have feelings about my partner, and sometimes I do say to myself, "Oh, why do I still care?" But I realize that I am the person that I am, and I have to cherish that, and I have the heart that I heart. I have the heart that I have for a reason, yeah. and I'm gonna love this person or not, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Yeah. I'm still working on me and I'm still not going back into the toxic situation. Right. And I think that's the work that needs to be done. And that's taking a really great step towards the healing process. Yes. Yes. And I think I also,
0: in a way, noticed that I was healing and I and starting to love myself more was when I did get out of this really toxic situation and I was dealing with it in toxic ways. I was lashing out. I was not taking care of myself. But then when I started the whole process of prioritizing myself, putting myself first, and I started healing then and allowing others to allowing myself to be open to other relationships and allowing the love to finally come in the love that I deserve instead of feeling mm-hmm. like, Oh, uh, like, I, I don't deserve this right now. Or I, I can't accept love. Once I started like accepting love, again, and being like, yeah, I and saying, actually saying in my head, I am deserving of this love that I'm receiving. And I i can think about the person and not feel like this large amount of anger and i can just be like you know what i'm rele- i'm releasing that that negative energy because it's so not useful and that's one thing that i've learned this past year is it's so not useful to hold in anger and i held in so much anger for so long and i think once i release that i it also, it just, it led me to have more space to love myself and to be open to like other people and other situations that were positive because I wasn't like holding all of this, like this, these grudges or whatever I I had towards that, those situations that I'd experienced in my past. So I also think once you hit that phase of post breakup, post whatever toxic friendship situation, With a family member, you really do start Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, I don't need to hold on to that anymore. And you know what? In fact, I wish them well. I hope that they can get over all of the shit that they have going on. But it is really hard to get to that point. But I think once you love yourself, it's easier to release all of
1: that. Definitely, and I think also depending on if the person has the ability to or not, out of sight, out of mind. So I know for me in my situation, I had to, definitely, I had to block this person and yes. delete them from all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. And at first, I struggled with, am I doing the right thing? Does that make me weak that I'm blocking this person? I had this whole mental breakdown about like am I weak am I weak but then I'm like no I'm loving myself loving myself I'm giving myself exactly what I need Mm -hmm. I don't want to see anything and that honestly has helped me so much because like you were saying I'm just able to focus on me and move forward even though I may have memories I'm able to just think about my life in a way that's like productive and self-soothing and just work on this relationship that I'm having with myself and not have any distractions or have to see anything that might upset me.
0: <laughs> like you're setting yourself up for success because or happy setting yourself up for happiness because you're mm-hmm. literally blocking what you know could probably cause you pain. Even mm-hmm. if it's just something so simple. It's not even like them with another person. It you're You're blocking yourself from even going there, which I think it's hard. And I I think Mm. a lot of people struggle with that post breakups or ending of any sort of relationship, but it is really beneficial when it is, I think at least for the first few months, like out of sight, out of mind, you need that to heal for
1: sure. So I think that's a
0: really good advice.
1: There was this time I, I posted things on my platform that are just like helpful like you told me that like via yes 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 yes. so this guy had commented and he was like "I I posted something about letting go of control that like you don't have and then on the like caption I said like I'm still learning to do this and a person inboxed me and he was like I find it so strange that you're still learning to take care of yourself even though you're a therapist and I thought that was so interesting, and I wanted to let the listeners know that there's, like, this misconception that people who are therapists, like, are supposed to be perfect.
0: I just feel like people who are in the mental health
1: world, yeah, are like, also a person, too. Yeah, exactly. But if people don't see us like that, like, I was so surprised when he said that. I was like, whoa, like, he's not in the mental health world but so shocked I was just like what like I thought everyone knew that yeah
0: no I think that actually people put more pressure Mm. on those people or like therapists social workers psychiatrists like Mm. they should know all the answers because I'm talking to you about my problems I'm coming right when it's just you're another human like you have days that you can't always be positive and all this stuff. And I think that I think that's so real that there is that misconception. And I'm glad ah. that like, you brought that up. And do you feel like because you are such an empath and like, you like to help people, I feel like going into social work was a way for you. Was it just something that you knew you wanted to do because you wanted to help people?
1: So I got my BA in psychology, and I did. I wanted something that was more well-rounded, and also social workers could be in so many different fields. So I really like that too. And also, my personal values really align with the social work values of like dignity and worth of a person, social justice. So, yeah, definitely me being an empath and helping people, all of that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I, yeah. I got that from you. I was like, oh, I could so see you doing that in yeah. your job in your job now you work at men's homeless shelter is that what you said mm-hmm. but yeah so you feel like cuz i i could so see like y- i could so see you wanting to help people and like your job you being so good at your job i feel like it takes a really selfless human to want to work with people who are in such severe need of help yeah. and do you see that at your job and are some days difficult and some days yeah are better
1: than others. Yeah, I'm definitely like such an empath. And I think that is definitely what led me into social work. When I started, it was really hard for me to separate like taking the client's issues home with me. It was hard for me not to do that because I feel so deeply for others. And I am very intuitive and analytical. So I like want to know what's happening and I like want to resolve any issue that may be going on.
0: I'm the same way.
1: Uh, So yes, there are days that it's really difficult. And then there are days that are easier. Sometimes when I'm doing a psychosocial with a client and it gets too deep. Like I remember there was a time when I like started crying and I just had to end it because I was just like, okay, this is not good. Like you said, I hear really tough stories and currently at the homeless shelter I am dealing with men who were previously incarcerated. Mm-hmm. who have chronic homelessness, who have mental health issues, who are substance users, who have gone through severe traumas, and it's very hard to not want to just help them. It right. gives me such a such a feeling of fulfillment when I'm able to, like, successfully get them housing or successfully get them linked to a psychiatrist so that they can get their medication and just making sure that they're good with their ADLs. Like when a client comes in and like, he showered today, it's, oh my God, we're making a difference. It's, it's so important. It's important work. And I wish more people understood how important it is. Yeah, and there wasn't such stigma. The other thing with homelessness and mental health is that it can happen to anyone, which is why I don't understand why there's such a stigma. It's this self-righteous perspective because. It can literally happen to anyone. And that's the humbling thing about it. It,
0: Because I I don't think people realize, especially in today's economy, like it's really hard to get a job, keep a job, Mm -hmm. because everyone's getting replaced by machines and computers. And then also to be able to afford to live, in today's day, some not everyone, and even people who do ha- or who did have opportunities to go to school, like things just don't work out. People make the wrong moves, and then they have nothing. Something happens, and then you're left with nothing. And it's, it is real, and then and that's hard. That that uh, that takes a toll on your mental health. So I I totally agree with you. Like homelessness is real and there is a stigma with it. So the fact that you're giving your everyday life to help people who really probably feel like they are so low in their lives at that point that they don't have a voice, they don't have anything they like. So I it's just that's amazing that you do that and. I just feel like it all like ties into the person that you are. Like I was like, oh okay, of course she would do that. Like she's already so amazing and so like understanding and easy to talk to and so giving and is it's so it's just that's beautiful. I I wish there were more people who would be open to that path in their life. It's it's great. It's great. Thank you. So when that person who DM'd you and was like, I feel like you should have all the answers. Like, how do you not know this as a therapist? It's Because every situation, every person is so different for you to have all the answers for every single situation in life. Like <laughs>
1: you would have to be
0: a superhuman.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wish I was a superhuman.
0: Right. Thing. But come on now. Last thing that I wanted to ask was what were three affirmations that you Ooh. gave yourself before you came to this interview? 'Cause I know you were talking like this
1: morning. Yeah. yeah. Should I talk about that? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. So this morning actually before this interview, I was feeling so anxious and I was kind of thinking about like how sometimes when maybe anxious you might think about self sabotaging.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was like,
1: Ooh, what if I don't do the interview? Because I'm like too nervous. Oh, <laughs> I was like, no, like that would be self-sabotaging. And I was like, that would also be an act of you not loving yourself. I then listened to some affirmations and I listened to a guided affirmation on YouTube. I just type in positive affirmations, but there's one that I like listen to continuously. And three affirmations that she said that I really love is you are beautiful. You are deserving of all good things. And the last one that really helped me while I was going through the breakup is I withdraw the attention. I withdraw? Hold on, I gotta remember it. No, it's fine. Okay, I withdraw my attention from others now and return it to myself. I love that, And that really helped me a lot, those three, but especially that one, because I think when I was going through my breakup and even now, like sometimes I compare myself to other people and I just get so lost in my thoughts and thinking about what this person's life is going for, like what this person is doing and just remembering, I have to remind myself I withdraw my attention from others now and return it to myself and me being at the center of my universe and me having that relationship with myself and knowing that's what's important always like it's super duper grounding for me
0: Mm -hmm. that's yes i love that i have to do the same thing for myself and i a lot of people that i work with i try to tell them the same thing without shoving it down their face like i'm like it is Mm -hmm. a good idea if you do affirm yourself and you do affirmations every day or when you are feeling low because it does raise your like energy level and it like grounds you again okay all right all right I I do have
1: all of these things to offer. I just had to remind myself. So Exactly. And that's also a part of um, loving yourself is being able to affirm yourself. I think a lot of times, especially like in this uh, generation with like social media, when we post things, we're so used to like getting a like or getting a comment. And if we don't, then we feel like we're either not good enough or not deserving of it. And it's I've been really trying to unlearn that and tell myself that I, it's my duty to affirm myself. I don't need someone to say I'm good enough or like, I'm pretty or something like that, because my relationship with myself needs to be strong enough so that when I am in situations that I don't feel the best, I can dig deep within me and know that like, I can pull out all these different words of affirmation and it'll get me through. So that was something that I was trying to practice this morning and it definitely worked good good I'm happy that you
0: that you were here I know you had talked a lot about your writing and how has all of how has all of this journey led to influencing what
1: you write about so when I Started writing um, my second book, it's titled 90 Days. It was actually as soon as my relationship ended. And that book was inspired by my breakup. And it's like a diary of me just processing my emotions and dealing with the feelings of hurt and shame and just trying to get it all out. Because I think the hardest thing for me was like not knowing what to do with these feelings of anger not being able to take my frustration out on anyone. So it's like, what do I do? And how do I make sure that I'm doing something that's healthy and that's positive? I started to write poems and my book is separated into six sections that starts off with how I met this person that I loved and then ends with betrayal and then how I healed from that. And I think it was so amazing for me to just reflect on the experience. And it gives me such gratitude because I look back and I'm like, you know what? Like I was able to love someone.
0: Mm -hmm. And I
1: was able to be with this person who brought me joy at that time and made me happy. So I try not to look at it as something so horrible, but something that happened to me that I was able to experience and that I was able to grow from. So my book talks a lot about being a healed and loved and balanced woman and kind of just coming home to myself. Which is what I really needed. And throughout the process of writing my book, I a lot of tears, uh, a lot of, lot of tears went into this book. I'm it was so- super, super painful to go through what I went through. But I also do know that you learn from things that happened and I'm able to love myself so deeply now
0: mm-hmm. and just
1: take sacred pause and know that like I am a divine being and just love on myself and. It's just been an amazing journey. Oh. oh my God, that's so nice. oh my <laughs> God uh,
0: I like so I ordered the book, and so i'm I'm waiting to get it, but I am just so excited to read it because I think I need to read it. i've and just knowing you, it's I obviously want to support, but like I also just I've been trying to, like you said before, consume. Things that are like content that is going to help me to learn more about myself and like things that I relate to and things that are going to help me better myself. So I'm just like, I'm so excited to read this. And I'm really proud of you that you were able to. I think that's what's so beautiful about toxic situations in a way is that you people experience them, they go through them, but then really amazing things can come out of it. So like you writing this book, it was able to help in your process of healing post Mm. this traumatic situation. And then now you've put it out into the public and you're going to help people also with their situation. So it's like this beautiful ripple effect that like, although it was shitty that you went through it, look at how much you learned about yourself and are going to help other people. So
1: yeah, thank that's you just so amazing. much. For that. In general. I a lot that. of my readers actually have gotten really emotional and it's just a very raw look at like relationships and like the feelings that you go through. So I think a lot of my readers would agree with that actually. Like you yeah,
0: I'm so excited. Yeah. I know I'm going to be emotional. I know I'm an emotional person, <laughs> so I'm prepared, but like, I think it's going to be needed. I, I'm I can't so wait for you to
1: read it. <laughs> yeah. can you, so you There's a poem in there for everyone. I'm telling you, even if you're, you are in a happy, healthy relationship, mm-hmm. I'm so happy that you are. You can also still read this book because the beginning, like I said, talks about how I met this person that I love. And there's so many poems in there about when you fall in love and then the different stages of intimacy, and there's something in there for everyone. That's that's the beauty. Like, it's so relatable.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I think that's awesome. Did, and I, I feel like I asked you, could you, did you choose a poem? I did (laughs) yes okay so I had asked her before the interview I was like do you mind reading one of your poems because I just think it was the perfect opportunity I knew I was going to talk about the book with her a little intro to her reading one of them but I'm so excited that she's able to be on the podcast and reading her work so here we go you can tell us which poem you're going to read to give a little teaser into hopefully people
1: I know people buying the the book that would be amazing. Yes, so this poem is from the section of my book that is called Healing, which is towards the end, and it goes as follows. For the women who get labeled as broken, whose hearts have depth for years, who have noticed the passing of time does not decrease the love for him. It peaks up sporadically. It hides under your skin, between your fingernails, yearning to meet him once more. You are forever bonded by the pain. Letting go was never easy. It's okay. Uh, (laughs) So just to talk about what we mentioned a little bit earlier, how the process of healing can be so nuanced and that it's okay to not be okay. And the question that you asked me earlier, Bianca, about loving someone and still trying to heal and what that, and why do we experience that? I think this poem directly speaks to that. And one of the sentences says you are forever bounded by the pain. Letting go was never easy. That is like very true. Like you are going to be bonded by that pain of this person and it is going to suck. At some point you will let go and it won't be easy, but it will be okay.
0: (laughs) Oh man, that's so amazing. That is so beautiful. Wow. Wow. That was like everything that I feel like so many people need to hear. Because I think that there are more people... Then we even think who go through these types of relationships and, and it goes back to social media. Like a lot, like you said, I thought that you were this like person who just absolutely loved themselves, like so gorgeous, so much confidence, all this stuff. And you really never know what people are going through behind like closed doors and Mm -hmm. whatever we see on social media is usually the best version of people's selves. Like they don't always promote their struggles. So I think a lot of people will really benefit from hearing that and on the podcast and then hopefully reading your book after this. So that was amazing. Thank you for sharing.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. And to your point, yeah, it's been actually really hard being this vulnerable with the world. Like you said, I give off a very different perception of who I am, which is an authentic version of who I am, but I just don't show like the hardship that I may be dealing with and and having lots of people read my book and just promoting promoting self-care i felt like it was appropriate for for me to be honest about what i was going through and how i'm dealing with it and just to support others because things like this do happen like you said many people are experiencing hardships and i think that there's such great there's such great connection or growth in like storytelling And being able to, like, hear that someone else has experienced it, it just takes away the level of isolation that a person may be going through or feeling. Exactly. And
0: I feel like for myself, I'm the same way. I I don't know if I've completely become comfortable being vulnerable. I'm getting there like to a public audience, obviously with the podcast, like things are definitely like I've, I've, (laughs) I have thrown myself into a situation where I have to be open and honest about things that I've gone through, whether good or bad. And I am becoming more and more uncomfortable, but I definitely feel you like sometimes I don't know how I, I I have to become more comfortable with sharing also that side of myself, because I know it will help people. And I'm slowly trying to do it. But it is really scary to put stuff like that out there and have it like permanently be there. Like you published a book, like that (laughs) book is out, anyone can buy it. Like I'm putting out a podcast, anyone can download an episode and once it's out for everyone to hear and see. And so that that can be scary to have yourself out that for people. But I think it is really beautiful that we are doing, that people like me and you are doing stuff like this because it's helping others to feel like, okay, I'm not alone. And maybe I can start putting myself out there a little bit more and seeing whether or not I feel comfortable and baby steps because I think that's where it starts. Like I know for I didn't post on my Instagram first when I was in that toxic situation, I barely posted on my Instagram because I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't feel good about the situation that I was in. So I was not like I was basically just posting me like drunk, like that, because I probably didn't remember being posting what I was. I wasn't posting like achievements or I never felt good about myself. So I'm like, why am I gonna post on here? So once I started to heal and I was like, okay. I'm getting over this, like, hateful relationship I have with social media. <laughs> I can find the positives in it. It It is it is a really freeing feeling to be able to put yourself, your story and yourself out there like that. Whether it's good or bad or just whatever. It is it is nice.
1: Yeah, I think that is such a good point. And that's how I'm feeling now, too. I feel a lot more free. I remember at first I, like, I, so my partner, I would post him a lot on social media. And after the breakup, I just completely stopped posting. I just was so embarrassed. And I had so much shame, like so much shame as if I did something wrong. And I just couldn't even bear people knowing that we weren't together anymore. I would never ever post anything that would be a slight bit associated with the fact that I might be single. Right. No, I don't want anyone to know. I was like, yeah, embarrassed. I
0: so, I, I get that so much. And it is crazy that plays a factor in our lives. And I've talked a lot about this on the podcast because I think at the end of the day, social media, it's just, it has evolved into a major part of all of our lives, whether we like it or not. I remember I would be sensitive about whether or not like my partner was posting me and the fact that like they weren't. And I was like, that sucks. That feels shitty. You know what I mean? Like things like that, or what if I post this after The breakup, like people are going to know the same as you. I was really self-conscious about that. And it was so embarrassing to me to think about like people knowing, but now looking back on it, it's just like, who the, who cares? Who cares? That's life. If everyone, people are so up and down and like relationships start, they end, whether it takes a while to start a relationship or really or you meet someone really fast after it's it changes all the time. And at the end of the day, like, who are we to judge someone else for getting out of a situation or starting a new relationship soon after? If that's what's making them happy, then it's making them happy. And that's okay.
1: And like you said, a lot of people don't pose like the bad or the challenges in their life. So you would never know. So it's like, why judge someone based off what they decide to vote and just back to the back to the conversation of just about it being very freeing the other day I was just sitting down and the same process of when I started writing my book I was on the train and I was just like writing and I had this like immense feeling of joy and I was just like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna write a poem about how I feel right now so I want you to hear it so I'm gonna read it to you this is not in my book but it was just a poem that I wrote when I was feeling good. <sighs> Yes. Here's another tea.
0: Oh my God, I
1: love okay. this. It feels so good to not wake up crying. It feels so good to feel the sun as it brushes across my inner arm. It feels so good to live a life free of worry, free of moments I thought I'd never survive. It feels so good to close my eyes, fold my hands and pray. Feeling God's anointing stronger and stronger each day. It feels so good to pour into me filling my cup, watching as the water dances its way to the ground. My cup runs over. It feels so good to listen to my heartbeat, to hear the songs, the trumpets, the band as it roars. It feels so good to see that wounded child chair for me, for us. It feels so good to taste the rain of yesterday, knowing it has brought nothing but rainbows. I am coming home to myself. With nothing but my bare flesh and my sacred soul, I am coming home. It feels so good to be home. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> You're oh, gonna my God.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. That was-, <laughs> that
1: was so beautiful. Thank you.
0: Wow that was so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And it just like relates so much to the podcast so much to I feel like everything that I've been going through and like, why you were brought on for this episode specifically to just like, how do you deal with this relationship with yourself? And how do you start to love it? Because at the end of the day, this is going to be the most important relationship we have with anyone in our entire life, being able to talk about coming home to it, because it's always been there. But to actually come home to feeling like being so happy with yourself and what you're doing and what you're allowing to come into your life and what you are not allowing to come into your life, that is such a beautiful feeling. And that poem was just absolutely amazing. Holy. Thank you so that, much. That was great.
1: <laughs> I would challenge all the, ri- all the listeners mm-hmm. to write a love letter to yourself. I think that can definitely help you on your journey to better your self-love. I definitely did it and it was an amazing experience just to not even, I think throughout our day-to-day we naturally compare ourselves to other people whether it be like the color of their shirt or like the color of their hair or the smallest thing challenge all the listeners to write a love letter to yourself i think it'll be very impactful and you are going to be very surprised at what you are able to notice that you do love about yourself i think normally we, we like unconsciously compare ourselves to other people whether it be the color of our shirt or what they're eating or the smallest things but really committing to this letter is going to help you to dig deep within yourself and going to help you to look at that layer of who you really are and the parts of you that you might not have noticed. I know when I wrote my letter, I noticed that I had a birthmark on some weird place. And I was like, honestly, I love that. That's really cute. (laughs) So it's just a really cool activity that you can do for yourself. And also gratitude journaling yeah. being able to write down what you're thankful for I've noticed that really helps too because you just begin to appreciate the really small things, like waking up like taking a shower like having clean clothes <sighs> and how that can be so impact like it's just important and and you just realize wow like there's life is so great like life is so beautiful <laughs>
0: Exactly, and the, I the gratitude journal I started to do over the past few months, and it is true. Like for some people who had maybe struggled with depression or just a really low moment in themselves during their lives, like waking up and like taking a, a comforting shower, or like just getting yourself—I don't know—doing your hair, or putting on an outfit that makes you feel good. That's that helps people that being grateful for those little things Mm -hmm. that at one point you, you just couldn't do because you were so low, even if it's just like the smallest things, like it's so important to be grateful for all of that because then you'll feel so full with everything in your life. Like you won't even need to have like fame or money or things like that. I think that a lot of people strive for that. But when you're grateful for the little things, life becomes more enjoyable and beautiful. And so I love that you just touched upon that. It's great. (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm like, this interview is so awesome. It's so
1: great. You are amazing. Thank you so much for having me yeah yeah of course you are equally amazing (laughs) thank
0: you thank you one of the last questions I had for you how do you feel I know at the beginning we had talked about your process of your self-love journey and how when you were younger you didn't feel like you were represented in uh, the media or what you were consuming How do you feel now being at this point in your life where you could be that role model for a younger girl like you?
1: Wow, that is a really good question. I feel, I think it's very humbling. I feel very humbled to, I don't know, this is such a hard question for me to answer because I've actually been thinking about this question a lot lately. Mm -hmm. So I do have three younger sisters And they always tell me that I'm their role model and they're getting ready to go to college. And it's just, they're like, I want to write a book like you. And I want to get my master's and I want to do social, like they want to do everything that I do. And it's just, it's so sweet. It makes my heart feel so warm. And I, I don't, I'm just so, it makes me really happy. It makes me overjoyed. I've had a lot of friends too, that has been telling me that I'm such an inspiration and it's just, I don't know. I think it helps me to love myself more because sometimes I just think of myself as like a regular girl. Like, and it just fills me up to hear such positive feedback. Yeah, know, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. I think I'm very like humble and I don't, I tend to not give myself like the appreciation that I deserve. Mm-hmm. A so, lot of people do that. Yeah. So when I get it, it's just, I'm like in awe. I'm just like, really? <laughs> yeah. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I want everyone to know that whatever you want to do, whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. You can achieve all things. And definitely for me as like a Black woman who's a creator as well, I feel so honored to be a part of this community of Black writers and Black creatives and Black professionals, Black educators who are paving a way for those behind us to be represented and to know that you can do anything you want to do. There's no limit. There's literally no limit. Like, you just got to do it.
0: And so when you, so now it's just, it's so beautiful that when you were younger, like you probably didn't have, you probably weren't exposed to a lot of female Black writers. And now oh. you are able to be one of those people for a young black girl who's maybe wants to be a creative and always has that like spark in her and she can read your book and be like, exactly. oh my God, like I I relate to her. And that's just like, when I think about things like that, I'm like, oh my God, oh. just imagine it's so, it's just such a, a amazing thing that we have I, more females like you who are putting themselves on these platforms for other people to relate to everything that you're putting out there, whether it is like through talking about your past relationships or how you grew up or just your journey in general. Like it's amazing. Thank you so
1: much. I remember hearing a comment from one of my readers who's like a family friend of mine. And we grew up in the same neighborhood and he like read my book and then he texted me and he was just like, I am So proud of you. We are from the same neighborhood in the Bronx where not a lot of people like were educated or Mm -hmm. like people lived in poverty and you were able to exceed all of that. And you are an author. And it just was it it was just so nice to hear that. It made me really emotional. And I was just like, wow, like I am representing my community. I'm representing people that look like me. And I'm I'm so honored. I'm so honored.
0: (laughs) I know it's it's just beautiful. It's I, I don't even know. I have no other words to say other than I just hope that this keeps like continuing and that and I, I think it will. I think and yeah. it it's just it's because of people like you. So, it's Thank you so much. Yes, yes, of course. I just this interview was just like literally <laughs> perfect. It was so it was so everything that I wanted for the listeners and more to Thank you just so much. Gain from Just listening to you and all the advice you gave, because like you I think you even helped me to like think about things and be like, Oh yeah, she's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally I relate to that. So Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for people to hear this.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I am so honored. You are such a beautiful soul. (laughs) And you having this platform is so amazing. You are helping so many people as well. And like you said, you being vulnerable and putting yourself out there. People really value what you have to say and they tune in.
0: Thank you. Thank Thank
1: you. you. (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. I'm so happy right now. You have no idea. So
1: my personal social media account is Cheyenne.Daily. And I also have a book page that's called books.buy.Cheyenne.
0: And you can find her book if you go to the Instagram page that she just said, but also on Amazon. It's called 90 Days, and the 90 is spelled out. So N I N E T Y. Is that how you spell that? (laughs) Okay. So that is where you can find her. Please. Support her work, support her page. Like I said, she gives a lot of positive affirmations and puts out a lot of good content if you are struggling to love yourself. So definitely give her a follow and check out her books. Okay, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening um to this wonderful Wednesday episode. We're here every week, every Wednesday. Don't miss out. This month again is all about loving yourself in relationships. It's I, I think it's going to be a great month so uh, I'm very excited for the guests that we have lined up um, make sure to follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram Beautifully Nasty Pod um, email us at Beautifully at gmail.com if you have any questions or if you'd like to be a guest on the show and um, our website will be launching soon which I'm super excited for it's going to be, I think it's going to look great, I'm very excited for that um merch will be coming out soon so we just have a lot of things in store and we just want to keep growing this podcast and growing our audience and support system and yeah as usual we got each other so do something to love on yourself this week and see you next wednesday bye